Yo, 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 what's good? Sorry if that was loud, but we're coming in hot today, baby. Yup. We got hot coffee, Miles got cold coffee. Don't matter, we up in this bit. It's windy weekend in the flat city. Gotta love it. And I hope you loved our last episode, uh, new homie Jake, as much as we did, because it was really nice to hear his story and... Uh, for me, just to actually get to meet him. Super good. Much better podcast than this one's about to be. Yeah, so uh, if you need to just go back and listen to that one and just skip this one, that's okay. Because um, who knows where this will lead. Could be great. You never know. But it won't be that great. We do no. know that, Drew. No, we know that. <laughs> and if we only had a video, it's probably a good thing we don't have video because... Cause Jake looks good. He's a good looking guy. Yes. And, uh, you know, I don't want, you know, my self worth is, is can only be so low, you know? Right. So it's I a mean, good thing. It just shows you, Jesus did deal with just as much temptation here on earth as we have to deal with. And that's, and that's beautiful. And it is. <laughs> um, so yeah, no guests today. Sorry about it. We have one guest in mind a couple actually. Um, so we're going to keep spitting these out. Um, we're done effing around and we're just going to keep recording because it's fun. We enjoy it and we enjoy, we enjoy hearing, uh, some feedback from you guys. So, um, today we're going to go over the daily reflection and, um, kind of spitball with that. But the day is April 23rd and the title is AA is not a cure all. And this is as Bill's, from As Bill Sees It, page 285. It would be a product of false pride to claim that AA is a cure-all, even for alcoholism. And it reads, <laughs> In my early years of sobriety, I was full of pride, thinking that AA was the only source of treatment for a good and happy life. It certainly was the basic ingredient for my sobriety, and even today, with over 12 years in the program, I am very involved in meetings, sponsorship, and service. During the first four years of my recovery, I found it necessary to seek professional help since my emotional health was extremely poor. There are those folks, too, who have found sobriety and happiness in other organizations. AA taught me that I had a choice. To go to any lengths to enhance my sobriety, AA may not be a cure-all for everything, but it is the center of my sober living. Hmm. You know, uh, I relate, you know, uh, I don't have 12 years of sobriety. Um, I'm still in my sophomore year here, but, uh, I can tell you that, you know, I always thought, and I've mentioned this before, but I've always thought that, um, once I got sober, I always thought I would somehow make it out of the mud and, um, change my life, but. Um, yeah, I just thought everything would, all those defects of character would go away. Um, but really it just stripped me down to the most raw, you know, form of myself. And I really had to, um, take some serious looks at myself, um, with various practices to kind of see how my mind works, um, see how I work. Um, my behaviors and whatnot, and 
you know it's it's not that's not an easy thing to look at um and it's been cool working on it it's been cool like kind of seeing that on paper and talking to you know another human about those those defects of character for me um but uh oh here comes somebody here comes trouble that's our boy alex taking out the trash um at least somebody lifts a finger around here (laughs) (laughs) what do you got on that well yeah this is uh this circles back to kind of what jake was talking about in his share and just how you know if alcohol was the problem then if you took away alcohol it'd be the cure-all and everything would be fine and dandy well i'll tell you it's not um he went to talk more about the ism and that's what i deal with on a daily basis and try to combat um I got plenty of issues that go way beyond drinking alcohol. Um, heard that. I had to learn that the hard way. and uh, Wish I didn't hear that, but I just heard that. <laughs> yeah, AA is a, or alcohol is but a symptom, just like a lot of my other problems. You know, the main one being myself. It's hard to accept, and uh, I'm one who deals with a shit ton of pride. You know, I, when I when I get my pride hurt, I crumble. I just turn into this emotional wrecking ball and just have no just relentless in the way in the things that I say and um how I act and respond to to me getting my little ego hurt um it happens all the time a lot more than I'd ever like to admit and um I had the same misconception thinking that if I could just manage the drink then everything else in my life would be cupcakes and rainbows and I'd automatically become this good person this outstanding citizen and everything I had done should be forgiven because now I am this great guy and uh truth be told I'm not I still deal with a lot of issues that might be worth trying to get some outside help with um yeah and AA is not the the cure-all um I still have zero days in other 12 step programs <laughs> gambling anonymous being one of them and uh i get the phenomenon of craving when it comes to anything and everything that makes me feel good or different and that's just how it is and how it's always been Amen. i i am a fiend through and through um you know i just uh i'm addicted to more and aa has helped a lot with me recognizing some of these issues and being able to admit where I am and being completely honest with what's going on through and through like crazy honesty that that's what's changed. I I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but I know I've said that if recovery doesn't give me anything except for the ability to be honest, then that's a miracle because that is a miracle. I'm, I am a a born liar. I, I lie to myself and others and Oftentimes it's not blatant lies, but you know, I, I can go a long time being really sick and thinking everything's okay because I want want it to be. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if what you're, where you're at with this and I may need to see that reflections to, to read it. I, I kind of got distracted there, but yeah, I mean, it's really, it's kind of a rude awakening doing, um, doing the the steps that have to do with you know 
writing an inventory and kind of listing your assets and defects. And I mean, once I did that, the sixth and seventh step of, of really just looking at my defectual side, it really did help, um, help me like kind of notice those things. And when that was happening, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm grateful for it all. Cause you know, honestly, in a cool perspective, it's, it's pretty awesome to be able to, um, you know, on the daily kind of have people in my corner to, you know, maybe check me on those things and just like work on myself because I mean, dude, when I was getting fucked up, it was just defectual every single day. It was, it was nothing but just bad. I don't know. I was nothing but a negative part of the world and I'm not that person today and that's all because of AA and it it does it is the center of my sobriety life. Um cuz I get a lot out of it. I I've met a lot of cool people that I look up to that um I learn from. Um I learned how to be honest and, you know, open-minded that I don't have any of the answers really. Um and that's great. I mean, the pride thing is is tough because you know I never wanted to admit that I was struggling or that I couldn't do it I couldn't live life I couldn't um do the the things that my friends were doing I couldn't be you know what what uh, my parents were like I couldn't you know I didn't want to admit that I couldn't amount to to my like actual aspirations and like actually finally realizing that I needed some serious help and like getting a glimpse of that that love from just being like open and like vulnerable to people um really just changed the game um tremendously for me and now now it's kind of a daily thing where I I get to call my sponsor I get to talk to my friends and just you know a lot of conversations I have with with my friends in recovery are just um, super honest, vulnerable things about our defectual selves. You know, like we just talk about how, you know, God, I'm, you know, you know, X, Y, Z, but, uh, it, it's just such a normal thing to me now, you know, that we're, when you have a friend that really fucking knows you, um, that you feel like you can say whatever to, and they know your past and your, your, both sides of the coin for you it's like a an insane freedom um because you know that's a real friendship is uh it's just like really loving somebody for who they are um and not who they you know try to act like to be because that was a lot of my relationships in the past was just you know trying to um we all try to impress each other you know we don't we don't talk about the other shit kind of like you would post an Instagram picture of the coolest part of your life and being, and then pretty much stating that this is my life, but really it's just like a split second of the whole story. You know, I don't know. You're probably going to hear that, but that was, that was Benny P's reminder to call his drug test. Well, yeah, 
the ways that uh the ways that I'm able to tell that I'm unsurrendered or full of pride or not doing well today here's a, here's a few real examples um so I go to an AA meeting and it's this p- person's first step and I've seen him in the meetings often and he relapsed and he comes back in broken down one more time crying and we give him a first step meeting I come into to the same meeting the next day and he's leading the meeting and it's because he's made a commitment to sign up for leading meetings throughout the month of April but it says at the bottom of the board there that the meeting leader must have at least 30 days of continuous sobriety now yes I understand that you have created a, a role you've taken on a role to to lead this meeting but you know there's plenty of people in here that can take your spot you don't need to continue leading this meeting and and I'm fucked up about it I'm like this piece of shit I was just here yesterday in your first step what the fuck are you doing there like you're not gonna help anyone you need fucking help dude and uh I get like I get my my feathers all ruffled up and and I even had to talk to someone afterwards like can you believe this guy what an asshole and um he's like hey man well at least he's coming to meetings and i'm like oh shit he's so right like either way you know he's doing what he's what he knows to do he's just doing the best he can and i don't see that because i'm not okay i'm just fucked up for this that the other i got this on my plate i'm in the middle of work it's you know like i want to lead the meeting (laughs) yeah and i have more yeah no exactly and um you know, the the funny thing is, is that like when, when things are okay out there, it's because things are okay in here. Because when I'm okay, I'm really okay. But if things are fucked up outside of me and it's, oh no, this guy's doing that and this person's fucking with my this and everything's fucked, it's because I'm not okay inside. And that's a rude awakening because I don't want to be fucked up. I don't want to be different than others. I don't want to have... I don't want to have to to deal with the things that I deal with on a constant basis because of the way this that I think. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is, and I've luckily found a way to deal and cope with some of these issues, but the problem still persists. You know, I, I am still a self-centered, self-indulgent human. I am constantly wrapped up in me getting what I want when I want it, and if I don't, things happen, and if I'm not okay with what's going on and with everyone around me, I get really not okay really quickly and it comes out in a lot of different ways. You know, I'm not, it's not always, you know, it's not usually anger. It's not usually, um, you know, depression. It's a mixture of all different sorts of things that can look very different to a lot of different people, which is why alcoholism is nearly impossible to diagnose. Most of the times you come in and you got a problem drinking. Well, it's probably depression, right? It's probably a, a number of different issues that, that it could be possibly, but really for me, like if I'm able to do the right thing, I I feel pretty good about what I'm doing and my life tends to be okay when I can tap into a power and a source greater than myself. But if I'm relying on myself and I'm trying to fix my problem with my thinking and I'm fucked up about it, it's going to look like a, a long list of different, you know, you know, different, um, psych, psych, uh, you know, <laughs> it's it's not going to look like what it is. Psychotic. I don't know. Crazy. 
crazy train i could be diagnosed for damn near anything out there you fucking name it and i probably got it or at least makes it look like i got it because you know when you take the alcohol away from the alcoholic what are you left with a miserable sack like like, lick like nick like uh jake said you know if he said something man he said something and it was beautiful it was no it really was I, i know i've thought that before i probably never said it but it's definitely crossed through my head no, oh, yeah. I don't know, but I mean, yeah, if you t- taking the like somebody that is completely just dr- working a dry sobriety, like you you see, I don't know, it's it's like impossible because you have zero higher power in your life. That was what he said was that I might as well drink if yeah, I'm going to stay sober not using a program. Right. And the key to that is working a program, which a lot of times I don't want to fucking do. And there's this sick part of me inside that wants to stay sick. I just want to feel, I want that quick solution to all my problems in the easy escape. And it doesn't last long and it doesn't work when you're not drinking. And what I've come to find out is that all paths that aren't me leaning in towards that higher power, that higher self or God, all lead back to the same bullshit. They all funnel back into drinking and drugging because those work best as far as a a means of escape. Drinking and drugging is is the quickest and easiest way for me to go from where I'm feeling to a feeling of different and fulfilled. Yeah. And also like drugs and alcohol, like what a perfect solution, right? It's like, it feels great. You're loose. You're like having a good time. Usually it's in a fun setting. It's like when you're so used to that, um, that level of feeling good and you're sober and you're not happy with yourself, then you get extra piss. You're like, I just want to fucking drink. You know, I just want to bless you. Triple. You know, you just want to, I just want to smoke some weed. Like, cause that's going to feel great. You know, you don't want to tap into something cause it's actually like work, you mm-hmm. know? And like, I mean, the one thing I was thinking when you were talking there is just like acceptance of like, you know, I am who I am. Um, I've come pretty far and like, uh, you know, it doesn't always have to be like this. And for, you know, there's a difference in between someone acting like the way you said and um, there's, there's a difference between talking about it, admitting it in looking for a solution. And then there's someone who's just like defectual all the fucking time. And is always picking people apart. And, you know, just like you talking about it and, you know, letting people in to, to how you are and how you work is really like just another baby step of, of like correcting that and like fixing, like not fixing it, but you know, progressing in your program because you know we're we're just young bucks you know what i mean you know what i mean i not mean i trust me i not mean okay as long as you not mean you not mean (laughs) um yeah well what i was thinking and am going to reference here is how it says in chapter five of the big blue book, 
which is the the chapter entitled How It Works. It's the big blue book. It works if you work it. It's the big it's blue, the big blue book. book. Yeah. It's the big blue book. <laughs> we should we should try that. We should wrap off we that. Just did. I know we could do way better. Okay. Give me. Hold on. That was so, just off the dome. <laughs> so in, in in the chapter how it works, for starters, they read this chapter in or the beginning of this chapter uh, in every meeting that you'll ever go to of Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm. And one thing they say in this is that in the very it says, "This is how it works. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Those who do not recover are people who." could not or would not completely give themselves to this simple program. So ask yourself, are you the person who cannot or are you the person who will not? Mm. Because for me, I wanted to say I I cannot because of my circumstances or because of my upbringing. You don't know what it's like. You don't know how it feels. You don't know how it feels. (laughs) To be me. God bless it. Shout out TP. I know what I'm listening to after this. Yeah. Anywho, but the, ma- the 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 truth was, I'm I'm someone who who will not. You know, it's it's me. It's my decision. But what's funny with this chapter is that it goes on to say, those who do not rec- oh, it says uh, usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. There are such unfortunates. They are not at fault. They seem to have been born that way. They are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. Their chances are less than average. There are those too who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders, but many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. So I had an out. I go to yeah. these meetings. I listen to this, and I think, well. I clearly must be the person who's constitutionally incapable of being honest with myself because I've never been honest with anyone, let alone myself. And I I can't figure this out. I've tried to get sober and it just doesn't work for me. Therefore, I fit into this category. I can't do it. I can't. But let's be real. Here I am now sitting and I've done some of the stuff and I've I've made it. I have time sober. And the truth of the the matter is that I just wouldn't do it. I wasn't going to do it my way. I couldn't have my cake needed too. I wasn't willing to let go entirely. And that that's that's tough stuff cuz like that's that's tough stuff right there. <laughs> that's a tough tough, man. That stuff is real tough. If it really is though. I don't want to I don't want this to work. I that that was my plan. Was like, "All right, I'll, I'll give it my honest go, and then when it doesn't work for me, like everyone's telling me it will no matter what, then there's my out. Like I proved you all wrong. Like this shit doesn't work, but it does. And now it's like, ah, fuck, I'm kind of trapped here now. Yeah. It'd be nice to be able to go out like a normal person, but I also am very well convinced that I don't drink like a normal person. I can't, I never have been. That's something that I probably, that's something that I am powerless over. That's one of the, I can't. You seem to be born that way. Seems to be. And a lot of people say that, um, I don't want to say a lot, but I have heard people mention that they sh- they shouldn't even put that part in the that reading. I love it. It's like a good quote. Like, oh, you little, oh, you're gonna be one of those guys. You can't. Yeah, oh, you little pussy. that's true. I know. I didn't think that, but I can see how that. I mean, we are just addicts, and we take whatever easier path we can. And yeah, another thing that someone has said that they 
thought that they should switch up. Or actually, Bill Wilson, who wrote the book, said oh, that Bill? <laughs> he said that he they should have taken out the word rarely. Have we right. seen a person fail? Maybe that was it. Because they've never. As long as someone's willing they to be had honest. To, they had to put the gray area. No matter how far down the scale. Yeah, no, ex- exactly. It, it is. And it's also like a good... It was a good little... Uh, like, in the back of my mind, I always thought, am I really that incapable? Am yeah. I really, like, this sick? Am I really that different than everyone else in here? I thought I was. And dude, and I think that's why the, the desperation really is like the main medicine for getting help because like um i totally just lost my train of thought oh just like doing whatever it takes like like if you were to people just can't understand what your life could look like because i've seen like just people that are extremely sick who just totally say they they it, that's not gonna work for them, you know what I mean? Right. Like, and it, and if if only they knew. If only they knew. Well, I got a poker game to get to, and you got a meeting to roll. To lead. I gotta roll up. <laughs> yeah. We're playing deal or no deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the game tonight. I'm playing no limit Texas Hold'em blackjack. That ain't it. That ain't <laughs> it. <laughs> Maybe I'll play both. Who knows? Shoot. It's the big blue book. It worked. Didn't it? If you break it. All right. Fuck yeah. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Love you. What's up, Johnny? What's up? Later. Love you. Later.